Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, welcome, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the Optimize My Life radio show, brought to you by the Hope Collection and the Optimize and the Golden Rule Society, our sister organization that we partner with to bring that excitement and life vision and uh, excitement. And uh, we meet each Tuesday, uh, myself and another gentleman who has really been my mentor, both in the business world and as a friendship and also in the spiritual world. This guy is just a cutting-edge leader among men. And I always say this, you know, if you're driving around today in today's world, you can, you don't have to get lost. You can just take a computer, take your, your phone, or you got a computer, and go on there and Google, and there's a satellite up there that will direct to wherever you want to go. Give you, you can't get lost. You just can't. Well, that's because Rick Reese, who was an officer in the Air Force, led the computer programming in the department that put those computer, those Saturns, uh, satellites up in space, and now we have GPS. Now, that's a real secret if you think about it in life. If you had a roadmap and a methodology to go from point A to point B and tell you how to do it, well, that's what GPS does. Well, in the travel industry, what he got is he's got a program called 365, and that's the GPS of travel. Now, if we back up a moment, I'm all excited, you can tell, because travel is the world's way to create dream and be positive and be healthy. That's what travel is all about. You get into a mode of helping others so you can achieve others to help you get to where you want to go. That's called being a servant leader, and you get fulfilled. And I've said a whole lot in five seconds, but I really need to do it in a rush because I want to introduce and get this gentleman I was telling you about, my GPS for my business, GPS for my my spiritual life, GPS in the friendship life is Rick and Brenda Reese. Hi, Rick. Hey, Happy New Year, Ron. Thanks. Happy New Year. 2024 is going to be awesome. Oh, it is. Do you know it started this morning, Rick? Because of over the weekend, we had an open house over the weekend before New Year's, and a bunch of people Mm -hmm. came, and they wouldn't go home. (laughs) 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 I I, I I ran out of gas. And then they're still here. They were having such a great time. And the one couple yeah, said to us, you know, in all our lives, our entire lives, all the friends we have and all the places and all the get-togethers we've ever gone to, we have never 
had as much fun and laughed as hard as we have, as we have. And they were the first time they've oh. been to a part of a, uh, uh, I'll call it a party because we hold an open house. We do this for friends, family, anybody that comes along. And um, it just was a great success, and we were just excited about it. But like I said, I ran out of gas. And I said to one couple, they came here, our friends from Canada, and uh, they came down, and um, they wanted to get back for church in the morning. And I, I said to Angela, I said, well, don't you think, you know, it's quiet about it. I said, maybe you guys should get heading back home. I mean, it's only an hour from our house. I live close now. But, you know, they got to get across the border and all that stuff in Canada. But uh, so, but they stayed. Robert's a nut. They didn't want to leave. But you know what? It was enjoying each other's company. It was learning, and we were like, people were just like, it was like an abundance of in, internal enthusiasm that just broke out. And it was a, just a blessing to be able to share and have that kind of excitement touching people's lives. Then on top of it, you guys are a left, magnet. Well, and then guys, what uh, happened you guys is. Shine a light. Well, that what happened before they left. In fact, Linda's on the other phone on the line right now. They said, hey, Ron, uh, we're going to be here on the 28th of the month, Dave, before you go in the hospital. We're gonna, we got It's my birthday, and we're going to my brother bought me concert to see Cool and the Gang. They're in town. And uh, anyways, uh, and because Van Taylor's on the board of the Hope Collection, I, Van Taylor sponsored, he started the Cool and the Gang. And so he's going to get them backstage meeting with the, with the band. Well, when they're here, and then they said, hey, we want to go on a cruise. My brother-in-law lives in Orlando. We want to to fly down after my birthday and go see him. And uh, can can you put a cruise together? Well, Linda's on the phone right now with Angela, giving him the airfare and the the confirmation of the airfare, and they're going out on the Liberty, the same ship my sister and brother-in-law are going on in January and February, two trips. And so... with, this all happened in the last 24 hours. That's amazing. <laughs> and everything's confirmed. Hey, the new year is off to a great start. Oh, it truly is. It truly is, Rick. And, you know, I just thank you again because we never have stuff like this. I mean, dreamed about, you know, we wanted to go to Europe. That was, you know, for 25, 30, I don't know, maybe 40 years of our life, we dreamed about going to uh, Europe on the Viking River cruise. We always wanted to do that. I used to get a, a brochure at least once or twice a month, maybe three times. And at one time, they started sending us DVDs of the cruising on, on the Rhine of the Viking River Company. And um, then one day, this guy, you, called us and said, Hey, Rad, uh, I might be able to help you, you know, and whatever we said. I don't know. I don't remember what you said to me, Rick. I just know you must have said the word travel because I said yes. <laughs> that's all I, I had to I, say. I was, that's all you had to say. Call up people and say travel, and shut up. And just you know what? Though that was a, that was a trigger word, though that was a trigger word that triggered yeah. something in the dream that you already had, and uh, and you know what? In the instant. In the instant you heard travel, you heard me say travel, it connected. You know, there's words that, that cause things to happen behind the scenes. And, uh, and there's yeah. words that connect things behind the scenes. 
you know, but it begins with the dream. And I was reading something this morning with Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, the president's wife way back when. <clears throat> and um, as she said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And so when I said travel, you know, you can imagine in the spirit realm, natural realm, all the connections that were made, you know, that, that connected in your mind, in Linda's mind. You know, even when you was a bartender, or, you know, working at the gas station, you know, making <laughs> promises you didn't know how you was going to keep to Linda. <laughs> Don't go with them. Yeah, I had, Come to Europe with me. Rick, <laughs> Rick I, had, I had dreams I couldn't cash in <laughs> at that time. But you know what? Here's what's really uh, Lynn and I, we are really blessed because we're coming up on our 50th wedding anniversary in well, April. Congratulations. And uh, wow. to celebrate that in March, we're going to be in uh, Cancun. Uh, we're going to the 7820 uh, the, uh, Riviera Maya, and uh, we'll be down there for our anniversary. And I'm going to be recovering. It's med- I'm calling it medical recovery because I'm going to get new chassis, getting a new knee in here, and uh, so I can walk good again. And um, just Amen. the blessings that are happening. Do you know, Rick, Praise the world the that you opened up, you and Brenda opened up a world. And the reason I'm saying this is that anybody and everybody that's on the line or comes on the line, what the world of travel does. And, and people think what we do sometimes, Rick. I think it's funny. Well, oh, I think it's sad. People think what we're doing, we'll call them up to see if they want to do some more work. Now, I don't know if anybody listens in on this call at any length of time when you and I meet on Tuesdays or um, with Len on Friday and um, Captain Len um, uh, Kane on, on that special day or any other days that the Hope Collection broadcasts on Optimize My Life. I don't think if people really realize what our heart, what we're saying from our heart, that how their life can be changed. And it's, the the thing is, I can't find an iota of anything that what we share brings along with it more baggage you wouldn't want to have. I'll repeat that. Anything that we share from this platform that has to do with the concepts of what travel can do in your life, whether from doing travel setting it up and having it to make it available cash stream so you can live better and more free and less stressful. And th- there's nothing that creates a negative situation in the result of, of, of taking advantage of it. On any aspect, using it, owning it, having it, or recommending it. It is a, it's almost like if you open up the Bible and it does, you can't open the Bible and it tells you what to do. It tells you dream. God says, without a vision, you perish. Well, he doesn't want anybody to perish at all. So now we got the first The first step is to get that thing in there, that, that dream part in. So now we help people create a vision. And, you know, when you create a vision, I know you know this, Rick. You don't know the answers when you start. In fact, you do just the opposite. You free your spirit up and allow the Lord to work you in, in your circumstances. And instead of reflecting on what's all this and this in our life and this and this. I remember when I had a job, and uh, I, I know, I guess my dad taught me one thing. No, my dad, when he died, it taught me one thing. 
he was in the hospital, VA hospital. And the company he worked for would send a telegram, but there was a visit, a, 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 a audio, um, audio a telegram, and they would not let my mom or me accept the call. And they called him, and they told me he didn't have a job. Eleven days later, I buried my father, and I swore that day that I would never let a corporation own me. Amen. Because they owned my dad. I never shared that with hey, anybody. It's the first time I ever touched anybody else. Thanks for sharing that. That is the truth. And, and you know, jobs have a shelf life, meaning that at some point you can you better know you're going to be let go. <laughs> yeah. At some point, you know, you're going to fall off the shelf. That's just how it is. I mean, you look back over history. You look back at your parents and your grandparents. At some point, they stopped working, whether, you know, by choice or whether they were forced to stop. Those who can see look beyond that, those years, you know, of work. Now, we're down here, you know, in Charleston, and thank goodness, you know, we've been in the travel industry since 2004. And... During that time, of course, we travel a lot, but we were able to create residual income that continues even to this day. If people knew how important it is to create a residual income, meaning do something once and then get paid again and again and again, kind of like royalties, you know, and how important that is and how rare it is to find an opportunity that you enjoy that gives you the ability to create residual income. As you get older, man, the desire to work work, you know, decreases. And if you can work while you're in those in that in that window of work and do something to create residual income, bonuses coming in, commissions coming in over time that carries you into your golden years and you can put it in your will, and it passes on to your kids, your children's children's children. You put it in your will. You know, we're at a unique point, I believe, in history, following the pandemic. After every crisis, every crisis represents an opportunity. You had 9 billion people who were locked down for COVID, and, uh, and now they want to travel. You have a tool, Surge365, that has a travel agency for people who are looking for a career opportunity, that has a wholesale travel membership, lifestyle benefits, who people who say, like Linda said, I'm just going to Europe. You know, they want to travel wholesale instead of retail, get some great write-offs, and get paid to go. Ron, you had a check when you Linda came home. And so you got a travel agency. You've got the wholesale club membership, and then you have the Vortex, the customer discount online booking engine that you can give out to the world. It's complimentary. The people don't even have to come in the business. I was watching the Rose Bowl uh, yesterday, the parade. Oh, wasn't Excuse me, beautiful? I was looking at all those people. That would be a beautiful parade. And then I saw the, I was watching the game. 
and they showed an aerial view of the stadium. And they said, wow, the city of Pasadena and all the surrounding cities, how many thousands of people converged on that city? How many thousands of organizations represented? How many thousands of businesses represented? How many billions did Expedia and Priceline make? for that event, leading up to that event, all the activities after the event. How many billions of dollars? Here's what I know. I know that for organizations to survive, they need to get innovative in their fundraising. For churches to survive, not only survive, but thrive. You know, take dominion. They need to get creative in their fundraising. Here we have the vortex. Now, I say all this to say there's no assertion, only attraction. You can't force anybody to do anything. You just show what you have, and uh, and if it, if it meets what they have in their heart, mind, body, soul, then they'll take it. Like you guys just swallowed up <laughs> Travel. Rick, just, because you had way, it in your heart, mind, body, and soul. Huh? Rick, you just explained number 13. Number 13 is you can't climb a fence leaning towards you. You can't kiss a girl leaning away from you, and you can't push a rope. And, you know, what's the beauty of what you are explaining, what you led us to, is that not only is it voluntary, it can be energized if you allow your heart and your spirit to be free enough to dream instead of being tied up, bound, held back, forced to stay within some imaginary limits. And if you can just allow your trust, your faith in yourself and trust in who you are and believe that you can do and be and you'll have help to get it done, and you can bless others doing it. That's what makes people free to do it. And if you, what, you, you, well, you got a little bit us, of preacher in you, man. You got a little well, bit of preacher you know in what? you, man. That hey, you, this sounds good. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, my um, for forty years. I had a friend. His name is Joel Griffin. Mm. And what he did is he set an example for me. You didn't come into my life till that 40 hit. I've known Joel for 40 years, and then you came in my life. And uh, But you, you had the same kind of path, and you were blazing the same trails that Joel and Artis were doing. So it was easy just to look, hey, this guy's got it. Let's, let's join hands. There was no question. The level of who you were and what you did and how you lived was easy to say, no matter what my circumstances were. I mean, you know, it was after we met, but I did end up having a stroke in there, and that kind of put things on a damper for a little while. Um, I did blow up my leg, and that's what, just before we met, I had a blow. I broke my fibula, broke my heel, couldn't walk. I had three years of uh, surgery. Hey, you know, that really can mess up your life. 
But, you know, thank God I had been free enough in my mind and life and work to create in that independent income you're talking about. See, I never just relied. Um, little word that Joel, little thing Joel taught me real early on. And I was fortunate to meet him when I first got married. But one day he said this, and I'm telling you, it was like a, a sound shot across the room. Joel was talking about people. He went to college. He went on to, to graduate school. He was a Ph.D. in math, brainy, you know, if you haven't known or met him. Well, he used to say this little saying, it turned my life, because I was in corporate world. He said, having a job is like having a firm grip on an empty bag. It's true. I mean, when I realized, and then I looked at the circumstances I was in, I worked for a corporation. Doesn't well, it hardly exists today. It was used to be one of the, one of the biggest retailers in the country, and uh, they've gone through all kinds of rigmarole because, you know, if you look down the street where your mall is and whatever neighborhood you live in, it's probably empty because the stores, the mall stores, are just about all gone because of the internet. Well, that's what came in a firm grip in an empty bag. I had retail management, store, business, job. So that went away. Things change. But I had put, I didn't put all of my faith and hope and trust in it. I knew that there was another way, and that's what Joel introduced to me first. But the reason I want to say this is one time I'd been working at Christmas time when you were on the toy department in a department store. From October till the day after Christmas, you are busier than a one-armed, one-armed paper hanger. Somebody used to say, I'm telling you, I worked at that store seven days a week, morning till night. And one time, a tr- two trucks came in that would be unloaded, and we didn't have enough people to unload the trucks. So I was out there in my suit and tie, because I was a manager, and I was unloading a truck. And it was at 10 o'clock at night. My wife called. And the manager took a call because it was, you know, management only. But, you know, I'm down there working on the floor, with, even though I was a manager. And um, he came down and he says, your damn wife called tonight. Well, he got the word damn out of his mouth, and that's as far as it went. I said, you ever say something like that about my wife ever again, I'm going to punch you in the Did you do a Will Smith on him? <laughs> did you I did a Will Smith. I told, him, I told him, you ever talk like that about my wife ever again, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. I lost my job. That firm grip on an empty bag wasn't so firm. The job wow. wasn't so firm, wasn't so good. See, my dad taught me when I saw what happens to you if you sell out. And yeah, I was always good. looking, always open, always willing. And I share this story because I'm trying to share in today's world people that are going down a track. And they think that's the only track and they have to. But as I think they have to, it's a firm grip on an empty bag. I'm not saying what they don't have is not good, but for most people that I talk to, I mean, come in contact with, they're 30 or 60 days away from bankruptcy. That's everybody in America just about. That's a fact. So what we're all about is helping people to turn it around, change that. This is America. This was this the land, and it is the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's why there's still millions coming across the border, because they know that they have a chance. 
Well, if they're willing to risk their lives and everything they have, like the pilgrims did to get here, and they're still doing it today, Rick, that says a lot about America. They still Here's believe this is the land of the free. It really is. Here's what I know. Unless a person does something different from 2023, uh, 2023 will repeat itself in 2024. When there is no change, there is no change. Unless a person says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, or I'd like to do something different, or try something different, it's the beginning of a new year, 2024, a grand opportunity to say, you know what, you know, I hear Ron, I hear Rick, and, you know, I've been listening to him for a while. I think I'll give it a try in 2024, <laughs> because if you don't do something different, nothing changes. And, um, and that's okay if it's okay with the person. But I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and, you know, I worked for corporate America, as most people have, and, uh, and I let them go in 2005 and I'm going 2005 and I tell you you guys know Brenda she was like Rick what are you doing uh, other than the fact that God said you got to do this <laughs> and I said no so I got I got a royal beat down for about a year until I said no mas no mas no more okay what do you want me to do kind of like Jonah <laughs> and the whale and uh and so I said okay But the thing is, the thing you fear, everything you desire in life is on the other side of your fears. And if you were to just just to trust and to believe that God has the best for you and it's on the other side of your fears, but yea, though you walk through the valley of death, you know, he's with you. He'll take you through. You know, he's got you, and, uh, and, and he's not going to let you fall. And uh, he's, your, he's your everything, your backup. He's got you. If you want a plan B, he's your plan B. But I guarantee you, if you step out in 2024, and I'm not just talking travel. We have several businesses that we've vetted through the Hope Collection, which Ron is president, CEO, and our, our awesome leader. And you want to check into the Hope Collection. In fact, while I'm there, Ron, what are the eight pillars of the Hope Collection? Eight pillars of the Hope. Are, and the first one is faith. Because if you don't start there and you don't have faith, you got nothing. So that's where Joel started and realized that was the building block, the foundation. Education. Well, you know what? Learning. And I'm not talking about sitting in a classroom or spending $10,000 a semester to go to a college where somebody lied to get there and stay there, and then you're going to get a degree that says you're good too. And you may be good, but they weren't, and they still got the position. So, no, education, real education, learning applicable information that allows you to move in the marketplace. Education, you need your health. Without health, you know, then you're in the hospital or you're not going to make it. You can't help anybody when you can't help yourself. You need education to housing. You need home. You need a place to live that's safe and secure and you can feel and you can grow from. You need a place to grow from. So you got faith, hope, education, health, um, 
water, energy, and uh, all the utilities and things you need to have available to you so that you get the energy and the, the, the fuel to accomplish what you're doing. And, you know, then you got to have the arts because part of the enrichment of what we are as human beings Dogs may listen to music and calm down, but they're really not entertained. We as human beings have socialization as a key part of our who we are, what we are. God created that. So with all those things in, in our and around us, we get the opportunity to use these. And we have systems, people, organizations, tools to enrich someone's life, to make that better. And because of that, then we can turn around and take someone who's at wherever they're at, wherever they're at. I know Country Boy used to say, he's a guest on the show many times, he'd say, it doesn't matter if you went to, you went to Yale or you went to jail. doesn't matter. Where do you want to go? Put that behind you and let's go forward. Disciples were That's out and they were, they were listening to Christ talk one day, and he said, if you're talking to a group of people and they don't want to hear what you're saying, Dust your shoes off, your sandals off, and go to the next town. Get out of there. Well, so many times we punish ourselves. We keep going back to the same people that they don't like us. For whatever reason, they don't want to be around us. My my deal is if you don't want to be around me, you don't want to be my friend. That's okay. I can live. I got lots more. And God keeps putting more in our life. And you know what? The more we do to help others, the more we have more come along. And the better we make someone else's life, the better our life gets. I like that. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's timing. It really is timing. Uh, But if you don't do something different, you don't get something different. And, um, And so in 2005, I'm like, you know what? First of all, I got to be obedient. I don't like getting whippings. <laughs> whoopings. I'm down here and down down files. I don't like getting whoopings. And uh and the thing is, it's your step to your future. Think about what is the next step to the future that I dream. And um and I was thinking about this the other day and it's almost like it's a step by step by step. You don't get the next step until you're obedient to the step in front of you. And then the step comes, and then the step comes. But you don't get to where you're going unless you take the first step, you know. And many people miss out because they never take the first step. You know, they have a goal, they have a dream, they have a vision, but they never step towards it. They want to just jump straight into it. It doesn't work that way. It's one step at a time. You take this step, it positions you. For the next step, Brenda and I moving from Colorado to South Carolina, that was just a step. But, and things are like different here in, in, in South Carolina, and it's opening up some amazing things. But if we hadn't have taken the step by faith in Colorado to move, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> and it's amazing yeah. how that happened so quickly. That happened, like, instantly. You know, we got the word that there was a home available, four-bedroom home in Charleston. You know, do you want it? Sure, we want it. Well, you have 30 days to move. (laughs) You know, 30 days to move. 
Rick, and, one day uh, you are so, pushing snow, and the next day you're pushing sand. <laughs> <laughs> one day I was pushing shoveling snow, and and it, but it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't have taken that step. We would still be in Colorado since we were there. We got there in '85, and uh, great exploits. We'd still be just rehearsing and talking about what we did, you know, in Colorado versus moving on to the next step. There's another step in your journey that you need to move into and step into, but it's going to require faith. It's going to require boldness. It's going to require an understanding that you're kept. You're a kept person. You're not just by the, you know, yourself. I'm out here flailing. No, you're kept. As a believer, you're kept. You're, you know, God's got you in his care. And uh, and you can trust him to just step out. And uh, when he tells you to go, you know, and you're going to feel it in your feeler. You know, you're, no, you're going to know it in your knower <laughs> in that place. 24, 2024 is your year to position for your greatness. You know, I was looking the other day and it was like, you know, as a believer, you default to greatness. That's your default. Greatness is already your default. And, um, but you got to know it. You got to believe it. You got to walk in it. And, uh, and that's where we are today. And so I'm there and I, I, I accept the challenge to leave my job in 2005. Little did I know on the other side of my fear was my greatest reward that still benefits me to this day. And that is the ability to to work a travel business, to be blessed, I should say, in a travel business that pays me residual income even today. It took me through 2008 when the economy went ups and downs and all that. It took me through the pandemic. Things that you're doing right now that you choose to do or you may not choose to do is that preparation for whatever come what may in your future. And if you don't do it, you'll find yourself, (laughs) you know, without the ark. It's raining. You know, you'll find yourself without the ark. You know, build the ark. Yeah. Dig the ditches. It's going to rain. Dig your ditches. Get to higher ground. You know, 2024 is your year to get to higher ground. Go ahead, Ron. Well, you just said it. Um, It's amazing that that we God had a provision for those who did believe. That's the lesson, by the way. You wonder when people wonder what's what's the lesson of the ark and Noah? Well, faith and trust, certainly. But the other was is that he accepted. Accepted. And sometimes our egos don't let us accept certain things because we don't know. And we fear. But how do you overcome any of those things? Hope. It starts with hope. And that's why I love Joel named the, the, the 501c3 nonprofit Hope. That was his mother's name. And many people, new people that come on the show may not know the story, but Joel's mom was an incredible 
artist. She went to, in 1939, 1930-something, she had two degrees from Syracuse University and NYU. You know, it's pretty, both of those are pretty prominent universities. She was an educated woman at a time when that wasn't the thing. That wasn't, everybody, got, you know, in high school, look, I'm going to go to college. Back then, that was not yet to the point where everybody did that. It was rare. Now, she also was a concert pianist. She played Carnegie. Man, you, you've got to be somebody to play in Carnegie. I mean, I've been there. I can say I've been there, but I haven't played there because I don't even know how to play an instrument. She did concert piano. She also was an artist. She she has a story that um, she was her paintings were so good that she went around with Norman Rockwell around the world showing her having art shows. I guess that says pretty much a lot. She one time after during World War World War Two, she took her painting skills and got all the women in Corning. They were, they were husbands were away at war. Or they died, you know, when they lost them at war, uh, sons and daughters, brothers. And she got these women together, and she got had them get a card table. And every one of them, that's what they'd get together. And she'd get them together in the hall or something, and she would teach them how to paint. She would bring a vase of flowers, beautiful flowers. And she would sit in the front of the room, and they have all these women painting the card table, showing that they still had something to give. You see, when you lost someone, you feel like you don't have something to give. And so she recreated that desire to re, to give, to remember, memorialize love. So the women all painted these card tables that they had, took them home with them, but they painted the picture of a vase of flowers, living beauty. And she did that, and she led people in the community. His father was a educator. He was the superintendent of schools in, in uh, Corning, New York. And he was asked, he was the first man to be asked to be the head of the department, the Department of Education for the federal government. And he didn't take the job because he was going to have to move there, number one, away from his family, to Washington. And number two, he felt there was a job that was too big, one person couldn't, couldn't possibly be responsible. And he felt that he could do accomplish more as a superintendent of the local school system than going to a big bureaucracy. And he didn't believe in it. You know, that guy was also, his hobby was, back then, was you know, the, just past the Roaring Twenties, he was a musician, played the drums. And he taught, he taught Sammy Davis Jr.'s father and Sammy Davis how to tap dance, soft shoe. They were givers. And when Joel grew up and was going to go and, you know, going forward, he wanted him, his father wanted him, they wanted him to go to college. And Joel was really good at golf. The owners, the Houghton, would fall, call up Joel and fly him off all over the country because they would play golf tournaments. And they wanted Joel because he was good. He was a ringer. And um, he would be, he wanted to go into, they wanted him to go into the play in the PGA. And his father said no because the only way you made money in the PGA was under the table, gambling. And his father wouldn't let that happen in their life and their family and things like that. Well, Joel went on to be an All-America basketball player and golfer. Not too bad. Two, two different sports. 
all American. And then being a mathematician whiz, President Reagan and the both Bushes asked him to be. And I, you know, when I say, yeah, you hear people say, well, or an advisor to, you know, somebody or something or this organization. He was an advisor for finance to the President of the United States. Not once, not twice, now three times. Plus, remember Margaret Thatcher? England was coming mm-hmm. out of socialism, and they needed to figure out how to figure out the working economics back into the system, and not socialism and communism, but capitalism, free enterprise. Well, guess who became an advisor to Parliament? He spoke to Parliament, Joel Griffin. See, we are so blessed to have the roots and the following and information that is the foundation of what we operate from here at the Hope Collection and the Golden Rule Society. Because Joel led, led in the life of everything he talked about and was real. And he passed it on to us, and that's what I try to do in my example here with the Hope Collection and the Optimize My Life show and the Marketplace Ministries. Rick, you have given so many people the guidance through your ministry. Just absolutely incredible what is happening in the lives of people all over the world. Because you took what's inside of you and you you build it. You let it flow. You let God work in your life. You allow him Amen. to lead you. And because of that, he can bless you. I find people that want the blessings of the Lord, but sometimes have trouble getting it, and they think it's God doing it to them. It's the other way around. It's them doing it to God. They're not letting God work in their life. They decide They decide what's right and what's wrong. No, God decides that. You just have to tap into it. And that's what we do. That's what we try and do all the time. I'm not perfect at it. Never claimed to be. But I'll tell you what, he gave me someone to follow and to use and be, and then they gave me friends that follow him too. And that gives us a world. It's like a um, greenhouse. We have an environment that we can prosper individuals and people in. And when you become part of the Hope Collection, Golden Rule Society, Marketplace Ministries, or just our relationship to the blog radio show that allows people to grab onto, can join and jump onto the, the trolley going down the hill. Be a part That's of true. it. That's true. I believe that. I love and Joel, Joel is my hero as well. Joel is my hero as well. And um, and great, great, uh, great story that you just shared with us because uh, it provides the uh, the history. And uh, puts it all in, in a historical context from Hope Joel's mother, and uh, and what we are is a continuation of a legacy. You know, we're the continuation of a legacy, <clears throat> and that's what we're actually offering to people. We talk about travel, we talk about the eight pillars, but we actually are a continuation of a legacy of service helping others help others by helping them help themselves as well as others. And, you know, but we are that continuation. And when I heard Joel speak on 
uh, Burwalk's radio show, billionaire that Burwalk was, and uh, and I heard Joe speak, and Brenda and I used to get on the show, and we would talk, and Burl would always say, well, where's Brenda? <laughs> he went here. <laughs> and, uh, and then Joe spoke, and I'm like, wow. And he spoke about the whole collection. And uh, Country Boy was on there as well. And I used to hear Country Boy speak. But I said, wow, I want to work with Joe. It sounds like he's doing some pretty interesting things. And uh, he would go on and talk about the eight pillars, and he'd go on and talk about logistics and supplier relationships. And I was like, whoa, this is good stuff. And uh, and he called me after one of uh, one of the shows. And uh, we just started talking. We must have talked for a good hour, if not two. And I'm like, this is what I've been looking for, like-minded people who – uh, are paying things forward, who are serving other people. You know, all those things that make you feel good about yourself and good about your life and good about where you're at, you know, where you're not just focused on you, but you turn that inward focus outward and um, and you're shining the light in the light of Christ. You know, leadership, Christ, Christ-led leadership, service-oriented leadership, you know, being that servant leader. And uh, and I said, man, I got to get involved with this. And see, and that's where, Ron, you and I met. Little did we know we both would connect and be, continue, excuse me, the legacy of service. You do your part, and then you're done. And somebody along the way picks it up and continues. You know, they pick up that torch and they continue to run, you know, that's the blessing of life, you know, because all we can do is get the word out and, uh, and Lord, let this connect because the spirit connects it to people. And then someone hears it, it touches their heart, they grab the torch, and little do they know when they grab the torch, they are the continuation of the legacy of hope. You know, and uh, and it doesn't stop. It goes on to the next generation and the next generation. The spirit of God moves, and nobody can stop it. It will continue. The spirit of service will move, and no one can stop it because it will continue to move. God will place someone in your life, you know, and that's why you say a lot of times that God put myself and Brenda in your life, Ron, because Joe did his job, and he moved on to receive his reward in heaven and you and I and the others that are part of hope and the people on this call and by the way Mary Stanley congratulations and we'll talk more about that before we close the show uh, are picking up that torch to do our part people you got to do your part (laughs) first of all you got to realize you got a part pick up the torch one of the things I realized is that a lot of times we think we have something to do with something and we have nothing to do with nothing other than being obedient to pick up the torch. And in that, the spirit of God is unleashed. The seed is unleashed. It opens up. It begins to just balloon and blossom. And now it will do the work. The seed of God does the work. We don't do the work. You know, no man will get the glory. No man will get the credit. The spirit of God will do the work if we but receive it. And then allow it. And I love what you said, Ron. 
the greenhouse, this is a greenhouse. This is a safe environment. That was the other thing that I, I loved when I heard Joe speak. I said, I want to be around people that are safe, where I'm not being judged, where I'm not being criticized, you know, where I can do and, and allow God to work through me and the gifts and the talents and the skills that I have, you know, where people are your cheerleader. You know, a lot of folks are searching for that in life and never find it. You know, so they never really release themselves to their full potential because they're always looking over their shoulder. Right? There's always that, okay, who's going to nail me? Who's gonna, I'm going to be revealed. Yeah, but when you can get in an environment of people who are your cheerleaders and you're all looking forward to pay it forward, to pay it forward, how can I pay this forward? How can I use my gifts, my, gifts, my talents, my skills to better humanity? and to provide hope and to put a smile on someone's face. What are the tools? We talk about travel, but travel is just a tool. You know, Ron just happened to be over in all-you-can-eat in Europe, oatmeal or cream of wheat, rather. (laughs) (laughs) All-you-can-eat chocolates. (laughs) He stays in the store all day long because he got free chocolate. (laughs) He tries everyone. Truffles, they were handing out chocolate truffles from Lint. You see the commercial on TV, you go to the store, it's $10 a bag for a half dozen. You go there and they, I'm just telling you, oh, I want to jump into the vat. Lint chocolate, so wonderful. You know what, Rick? This is so much fun. It's such a kick. And, um, you know, I know Mary, Mary Stanley is on the phone, and I'm going to welcome her on the phone. She is such. She was just recognized. The front page of her local newspaper just <laughs> ran an incredible uh, bio, actual biography of Mary, and what she's been through, what she's done, and what she's doing. See, a lot of people we are honoring them, and and it's what they did, and that's great. There's a, there's a lot of need for that, but you know when you have someone who did, and is still doing, now that's a hero. That's somebody that you can hold your head up and look and say, and point, and say, I want someone like that in my life. I let want me to say this before we I let Mary speak, empathize. because I, I want to hear Mary speak, but I want to say this first. You know, it's amazing what happens to you when you, when you are, are, are looking to serve other people and you're not really caring about yourself, you know, in that respect but you're offering service to other people. And uh, to end up on the front page of the newspaper, where if you had, if you was trying to get there, you know, by any other means, you'd be paying a lot of money. <laughs> and even then you couldn't get there, you know. But to, to be able to be on the front page in an article called Trauma Support, and, uh, and one of the quotes that Mary had that they listed in the article my goal is to knock that daily suicide number down and, um, and to be able to offer the services that Mary provides and, uh, and to have that on the front page. That's a blessing. That's favor. And, uh, and to have her number, you know, telephone number on the front page for more information, contact Stanley. Mary Stanley at 507-338-3725, 
or visit one flag one life at gmail.com that is just amazing mary tell us about your program and what you're doing and and you know we're just proud of you as a board member of hope and all the things that you're even doing for the hope foundation yeah so i had an idea to create the easiest way to explain it is like a mix between a variation of AA and Bible study. So by that, I mean what stays in the group is in the group, or what's said in the group stays in the group. So everything stays confidential, but it's a support group for veterans, service members, first responders, who deal with trauma on a daily basis. And my goal is for this program to be in all rural communities, because like where I live, our law enforcement and firefighters and all them have to drive an hour to get help if they're having a rough day. How did you so come across I originally, the idea? Um, I was struggling with my own trauma from, you know, 9-11 and stuff from being in the service. And then when my kids were diagnosed with autism, it just multiplied. And um, so I happened to be, you know, when I got to work with Mark in the Battle Within, I was learning about all these different organizations that raise money to support veterans' uh, mental health problems, but there aren't that many organizations that actually do it. What is your ultimate goal of your program? My ultimate goal is for every rural community to have a variation of this program there. So that way, anyone who needs help can go and talk and not have to worry about, you know, having to drive an hour to, to get resources. How do they find you? How does someone, if they say, you know, I want to either start my own program in my rural community, or I want to get involved in some way, or I want to donate, you know, to the cause of what you're doing. How do they contact you and what do they do? You can call me. (laughs) Your number again? You mentioned my phone number earlier. Yes. Um, That is the easiest way. And, you know, ironic as it was, I did a town board meeting to pitch the idea to the town, to the city council and stuff like that. And it happened to be that was the day that the firemen had to renew their contracts and get approved by the city. I didn't realize this, but all town board meetings are are covered by local media. And so after I pitched the idea and I ran home, because I had another meeting to go to, the next day our local paper called me. And she goes, well, you know what? We're going to put this in a, local, or a yearly paper that we have. Well, it turned out it didn't get in the local pa- that local paper. It ended up being in a regular edition of the paper. And it, it came out New Year's Eve. And I didn't even wow. know it came out. A lady from church sent me or gave me a copy of it. And then after church, my phone was ringing off the hook from individuals wanting to, more information. Wow. Can you, are you available, 
Go ahead, go ahead, Ron. Well, I was just going to say, Mary, you are demonstrating. Not only are you an example, you're a shining light. You know, in Scripture it says, "Don't put your hide your light under a basket. Put your light on the hill, so you light up. You like you light up the room when you come into it." There's a joke, you know, oh, that person, you know, they put up lights when they walk in the room. No, you do just the opposite. You light the room, and I mean that with your love and with your caring, and um, you know how to deal with tragedy in a way that most people run from. And you turn around and offer that someone that people are desperate for. And so we salute you because of the leader. Ron, Ron talk a little are. bit about what Mary does for the Hope Collection. You're right. She runs to the crisis. <laughs> well, first talk of all, about real quick, uh, Ron, what she does for the Hope Collection as a board member. Mary, Mary was brought to us by another person that never would have known her, Mary. Um, Kurt Erlinghouse uh, met her through a outreach of um, the, um, the idea of being a life coach and uh, she met Kurt and then Kurt introduced us together and we got talking and uh, through some time and learning about each other Larry, Mary has just become such an asset to our organization uh, with our, without her our communications <laughs> would be nowhere we wouldn't be here on this call right now and so she's helped us expand and develop the tool called Black Talk Radio. It's a podcast. And we're now in, I guess, 93 countries on any given time selling, and we have shows. We used to have one at noon, Monday through Friday. Now we've got, I don't know, there's like 10 or 12. I never know. They, they come and they, they keep adding to the shows we have that are different outreaches all having to do with improving life. And Mary is significantly, totally responsible that they exist, that they grow, they come and we learn about. And without Mary being at the helm of that, she's like a. You've ever been in a police station? They got a, a desk with about twelve computers, and there's a person, the center person, who's like they got a headset on, and they're and they're controlling like an air. She's like an air traffic controller, only she's a life active controller, and she's helping. And she's people. a pilot too. <laughs> Yeah, that too. She, she's there. So, she takes us. Uh, she takes the time away from the air traffic control, and uh, she comes down and she jumps in a plane. <laughs> on top of that, she's the mother of two wonderful, wonderful children. Oh, we got to boy. share Christmas like the, with them this year. The kindness and so we campaign. got adopted, and we've adopted them. What a blessing! What a blessing! Kindness, the kindness campaign. <laughs> Her daughter started the kindness campaign. And uh, how old is she? <laughs> she That's started the, legacy. the kindness club when she Four was months. seven. Amazing. She wanted an activity that she could belong to in the school, and she couldn't do all the different sports, and she didn't care about all that stuff. And so she wanted to, something to do. I was going to say, as we close the show, continuation. She is a continuation, Mary, of your legacy. If you are listening to the show and you are, this is something that is resonating and you want to be around people who believe in legacy, servant leadership, you can become that continuation of your legacy. 
you know, and that's, that's the most important thing you can do in life because that you live forever. Your legacy will live forever. Back to you, Ron. Well, we are just so blessed to have her participation, her willingness. And I, I have to go, and there are times I say to her, Mary, you can't take anything on. You can't take any more. I don't want, I don't want you to get burned out, but the more she takes on, the better she gets. She, she is so efficient at doing so many things, and she's added efficiencies, <laughs> and she's directed me in such a way that's allowed me to help the organization grow. Couldn't do it without her. Amen. So as we, as we close the show, just want everybody to know, as we move forward this year, please take advantage of the opportunities and the programs that we, through Elden Outreaches, and if you need help, call. Get in touch with one of us. Get in touch with someone. Go on the site. Register to be a member of the Hope Collection. It's free. No charge. And you can get information. We'll have new um, um, newsletters going out this year. We're going to have our website is about to launch. That'll be a knockout. And we're going to have ways that if you need help, you can be able to directly, you can directly link up with someone or something to help you get what you need to get done. And it's all because we have an important person, most important person. You have VIP, we have an MIP most important person in Mary Stanley. Have a great day, everybody, and Happy New Year. God bless you all. Amen.